Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Now, a couple weeks ago, we looked at definitions for identification. In some of the documents we need in the U.S., we looked at identification by what we wear. We looked at identification at the Tower of Babel, the division of people. You know, it caused that identification with the languages and ethnic groups. But here's the thing that's important. Identification is important to everyone. We all need to be identified. And we want to be identified as more than the people see by what we do, where, or who we are associated with. Our Father chose to identify us in His Son, Jesus, in His death, burial, and resurrection. And we have an identity like none other. We are the children of the Almighty God. Father, I give you praise. I thank you this morning. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Father God, that your word goes forth. I thank you, Father God, that your spirit indwells us. We give you praise this morning, Father. We thank you so much. And Lord, as these words come forth, Father God, that they go into our hearts. And we understand our identity in you through your son, Jesus, Father God. And that we stand at your right hand in Christ Jesus, holy and complete. And we give you the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, Job 6.25 was a really, it just came to me the other day, and it was such a good, good word. It says, how forcible, powerful, or sweet are words of straightforward speech. You know, part of the problem today with identification issues that are going on out there, people don't know what they are, so they can't give you straightforward speech. <laughs> I don't know. Am I a they, an it? Am I a, a zur or a zim or whatever? And the thing is that we get into this place and we start confusing. It gets to be confusing. And that's what the devil wants. He wants us confused. One of the things about when, um, that I was looking at this is that if, we, <clears throat> if we're going to have forcible, sweet speech, we need to talk the same language. We need to talk the language of truth. This is the language we have to speak. Hallelujah. So let's look at our original identity. In Genesis 1, and 26 and 27, in the Amplified, it says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's how we were created. You know, this is the thing that we forget about that so often because of the chaos of the world and the sin and everything that goes on, that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the morning with their father. They walked and they gave him praise and they talked to him and says, what about that over there? Well, Adam, what do you think it should be named? Well, let's call it a giraffe. He found these, these things were, they had that intimate relationship that is so important. His identity was, this is my God, and we're walking, and we're talking, and we're just having this great time. And uh, so he's doing all this stuff, and then the devil comes in, and he talks to Eve, and he gets her to question the identity. This is the thing we got to understand. It, has God said... Is that truly what God said? Do you understand that if you take of this fruit, you'll be like God? 
She was already like God. <laughs> I mean, you under, I, mean I, I don't understand how this worked, but it did. She was already like God. Adam and Eve were already like God. And they were, this is the part that always blows me away, because they were there together. And the woman is talking to a snake. And I'm like, if I'm Adam, where's my shovel? That thing's going down. <laughs> going down hard. But he sat there and he listened with her. And so she looked at the tree and she saw it was good and she took a bite. And, you, and I know I've talk, taught about this before, but nothing happened until she offered it to Adam. And then Adam, we'll be talking about this a little bit at Father's Day today, but he offered it to Adam. And Adam didn't say a word. He looked at his wife. She's still standing there, still dressed in the glory of God. And he took a bite. See, at that point, he was her redemption. At that point, he was her redemption. He was the one that says, put it down. Let's go to the Father. Let's get over there quick. But he didn't. He took a bite. That's why the scripture says Adam was deceived, but Adam, or Eve was deceived, but Adam sinned. And so that's where we're at. So that's one of the things about identity crisis within men. <laughs> we failed right from the beginning. The biggest thing that we could have done to keep the devil out of the garden, we failed. And so we started having these issues with identity crisis as men, what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it. So now we have the people, as they grow, they have one language and one thought. Genesis 11, this became the first identity crisis in the Bible. Right after that, this is a group identity crisis. So man is gathered together. They're all talking the same language. We're going to build us a tower unto God. We're going to do, and God says, I think we're going to change that. So he says, let us. So Father, Son, and Holy Ghost came down. Let's go down there. Confound, mix up, confuse their language that they may not understand each other's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from that place upon the face of the whole earth. Excuse me, and they gave up building the city. So now we've got another identity crisis. You speak Spanish, you speak French, you speak Portuguese, you speak Norwegian. Well, the, the language of God, Norwegian. Um, <laughs> but no, the, um, the, all these languages and all these, and people began to divide up by languages now. And so we start having these, these uh, communication issues. And so how do I communicate with somebody who speaks French if I speak Portuguese? So we gather together in our tribes, in our groups, and we don't communicate. So what happens when you don't communicate? I don't trust that Irishman. <laughs> no, it gets to that point. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know if I trust him. I don't, and trust becomes an issue. So our identity, identity crisis is, I'm going I'm to stay here. This is my people. I'm comfortable here. I'm not going to spread out. And that became the identity crisis that got us all in this mess after that, is now we don't communicate with each other. So identity became an issue of communication. So then we're all confused. Wars, battles. We see God moving among peoples, among kings and prophets and priests to get his people, come back, come back, come back. But all the time in Genesis he says, I've set forth the seed of the woman who's going to crush your head, Satan. And he's coming. 
And all the time, God is saying, repent, repent, repent. Isaiah spoke of the time they're looking at Jesus, saying how that his, he bore, the, uh, bore his stripes for us. By his stripes, we were healed. He looked at him as bearing our sicknesses, our diseases. He looked at him as bruised for our iniquities. In faith, he was looking forward. He was looking forward to that day. So then Jesus comes. And this is the beauty. All these things, you look out scriptures, that scarlet thread of redemption from Genesis to Revelation, how they're pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus. Types and shadows, types and shadows. And one of the things that I found is kind of exciting, I was talking to a friend one day, he said, well, I suppose you're one of those types and shadows guys. I says, yes. <laughs> I says, yes, because everything you prophesied from Genesis to Malachi came to pass in Jesus. And he could, we could identify Christ. We can go to the Old Testament and we can identify Christ through these words. So we have this identity with Christ now. And as I was praying about this, one of the things that the Lord took me to was the high priestly prayer of Christ. Because man walked with God. Man was separated from God. Man rebelled against God. Man tried to find a place to be God. Man tried to get to that place of repentance before God. Man tried to get that place of fighting with God. We've had this thing all through history. And then in this high priestly prayer, before Jesus goes to the cross in John 17, verses 20 and 23, 2.23. Neither for these alone do I pray. He's praying for his, his, his disciples. It is not for their sake only that I make this request, but also for those who will ever come to believe in, trust in, cling to, and rely on me through their word and teaching, that they all may be one just as you, Father, and me are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe and be convinced that you have sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me and that you loved them, even as you loved me. What an identity. What an identity. And then what do we do? Well, we're going to have a Roman Catholic church. Oh, we're going to have a Lutheran church. Oh, we're going to have an Episcopal church. Oh, we're going to have a Methodist church. And where did that all that come from? We wanted to identify. We wanted to identify with something. It's so hard, it's so hard for us to just identify with the word. We so wanted to identify. So the Spirit of God moves. Moves on Martin Luther, and we have the Reformation. And then it starts to dwindle out. Because people started identifying with Luther rather than identifying with the Word. So then Wesley comes along. We have Methodists. And the power of God moves, and the Holy Spirit moves, and people are identifying with that, and all of a sudden they're identifying with the method. This is how we get God to come into our presence. We're going to have a method. So we have the Methodists. And then we have the Episcopals who, well, we don't want to really be Catholic. We really don't want to be Lutheran. 
we'll pick the spot in the middle. And we identify with that. And we begin, to, we begin to find that people start looking for religion for identity. What are you? I'm a Lutheran. I'm a Catholic. I'm an Episcopalian. Are you a Christian? Well, yeah, I just told you, didn't I? No. No, I told you what I identified with. I identified with a religion. And what did that religion do? Religion began to take the power of God out. And what did religion begin to do by taking the power of God out? It replaced it with, let's do it this way. We're always going to have this. We're going to have this song. We're going to do this doxology. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This is our doctrine. And we're always going to fall back on this doctrine. And then because we don't want anybody to be embarrassed about having to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, we're going to baptize you because you know there's a scripture here about baptism. So it's got to be baptism that saves you. So now we don't have anybody that wants to get up and say, Father, I've sinned. I've sinned. Forgive me. Make me one of your own. So we begin to identify with these different religions. I'm not, not picking on them. It's just this is what mankind does. Mankind will do that. We could... If we just decided, well, we're going to follow Sean, we're going to be Seanists. I mean, so, you know, well, you know. But I mean, you, you get to that place where you could almost say, well, yeah, I'm, well, what's that shirt you have? Sean's entourage. <laughs> I wish I had that right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's going to be with you forever. <laughs> But we do, we begin to identify with other people and says, well, what church do you go to? We go to the Faith Family Church. What denomination is that? See how people want to start putting you in a box. What box are you in? Are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you independent? Are you liberal? Are you conservative? What can we fight about today? I mean, it's, it's what it is. Now, who is the author of all this? We know who the author is. It is Satan. He has come to divide his name is divider. His name is penetrator. And that's what happens. And the people, this is the thing. People get a, a vision of God. And God puts a ministry in their heart. And he says, look, go forth. Well, Brother Hagin, go forth and teach my people faith. So he does. And then they start a church. Not picking on them, it's just what it is. They start a church. They start a Bible college. Brother Hagen passes away. Does Pastor Hagen have the same vision? No. He's got a vision. God's given it to him, but he doesn't have the same vision. And then who's next? And who's next? And when does Rhema Bible Training Center become another college? It happens. It happens in churches like this because we get going under the fire of God, and then somebody just wants to come in and sit. And after a while, there's a people. I feel good. I feel good when I come here. People, I don't want you to feel good. I want you to feel like you're sitting on cactuses once in a while. I want you to feel like God is beginning to speak to me and he's wanting me to identify more with him than with this church. There's things I need to do. We'll do things within this church. We will have the men's. We will have the women's. We will have children. We'll have all of that. But we're training these kids up not to nest here. We're training them up to find their identity in Christ so they can go out. 
so they can go out and minister to the world in places we're not going anymore. But they've got places to go. All these kids in here have got places to go. I, I, I know I said this a few months ago when I was ministering um, about the church in Columbus and, and uh, I brought it to Kyla's attention, these, these triplets that were in the church. And this is, this is, this is how people begin to identify. So these triplets, they're, they're young, young, beautiful young boys. Just saw their graduation picture. They just graduated this year. <laughs> um, beautiful young boys. And their, their dad didn't go to church, but their mom brought them to church faithfully. And they would be in the front row, front couple rows all the time. And their hands were up like this. They would praise with their mother. They would praise with their mother. And then one day, one of them turned around and noticed. This is why, kids, it's so important for you to set an example. It is. You set an identity. Because he turned around and he saw the other teenagers doing this. Not looking at the words, not singing, just this. Those kids' hands went down and I never saw them go up again. In the years that we were there, I never saw their hands raised again. You kids bear a burden. It's a good burden. It's a light burden. Praise the Lord and let other little kids see it. <laughs> but we have, we have this thing that see, we had an unrenewed flesh. We got born again. And then sometimes we fall back into the unrenewed flesh. Because it's comfortable. It's comfortable to identify with something that I can point to. See, I can't point in a sense, I can't point to God and say, over here, this is where I go, because the Holy Spirit lives in me. God is on the throne in his heaven. Jesus is the right hand. His Holy Spirit's within me. I don't have a place to point except here. Can you identify with me? No, I want you to identify with the one that's in me. Identify with the Holy Ghost in me. And the scriptures, oftentimes, my spirit bore witness with your spirit. I know Jonathan and his armor bearer, my heart is with you. Jonathan and David, my heart is with you. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if somebody comes to my heart's with you? My spirit's with you? I identify with the spirit in you? The God of creation in you? The full power of the Godhead is in you? And I identify with him? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know if I'm teaching or preaching. What am I doing here? <laughs> um, Romans 6. <clears throat> so part of this identification that Jesus prayed for in his high priestly prayer, in Romans 6, verse 6, he says, we know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him. Do you understand that? Your old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him. In order that our body... <clears throat> excuse me, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. Hallelujah. Now we identify with his crucifixion. Thank you, Father. Um, while we were going through the stuff with Brenna, one of the things we got into the identity through E.W. Kenyon was we were identified with his, he identified with us in our sin 
that we identify with him in his righteousness. We, he identified with us in our death that we would identify with him in life. That's why when we were nailed to that cross, we were nailed with him by faith, and now we are raised with him by faith and sitting in the right hand of the Father. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. And the King James Version says, for he, was made, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Acts 17 and verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. You are adopted in. You are a seed of Abraham. You are a branch that is grafted into the vine of Christ. His life flows through you. His power flows through you. His spirit is in you for a reason. It is a reason. You have a reason. You have a purpose. And your purpose is to identify with him in the finished work of the cross to go on and do that which he called you to do. I don't know what he called you to do individually. I know he has called us to reach the world. We're to reach the world somehow, some way. God has put it in your heart somehow, some way to reach somebody. One of the things that we have in men's, it's always kind of an issue that Dale brought up, and, and I've talked with Pastor Sean and Dale and, <clears throat> and Herb and Chuck, is how do we get men, how do we get men to fellowship together? I mean, what does the scripture say about iron sharpening iron? So, you know, so a, a friend sharpens a friend, knocks some of the edges off, sharpen us up, we get a little dulled. How do we do that? Well, I just don't identify with you. I'm not, I'm not a sports guy. I'm not a VCR. I'm not a, what do we do, tech guy. I'm not a... <laughs> Sorry, racing. <laughs> but, I, you know, how do we identify? We identify in Christ. That's the one thing we have in common in all our different... Areas of life, we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We live and breathe and have our being in him. It's what we have. It's who we are. Acts 8, 12 through 17, amplified. It says, so then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, we're not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. I don't care what your sports team is. Broncos. <laughs> we are not identified, but so many, I mean, this just, it just slayed me, but I, I, I saw this, uh, and it just, how many have watched... Um, Who's in Oakland? Raiders. I guess they're up north now, but uh, Oakland Raiders. And the guys that come out there with uh, pads with the spikes on them and the faces and the black and silver, and, and they're just, ah! How come you guys aren't here at church going, ah! <laughs> Our team wins. <laughs> we win. 
Hallelujah. It says, for if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. That's something that we need to get a hold of. Are you led by the Spirit of God? I have to look at that every day. Am I being led today by the Spirit of God or is it just how I feel? Feelings are fickle. You can feel good because you had an energy drink. Does that change what's going on in the world today? Does that change what's going on in your life? Feelings are fickle. The Spirit of God is true. He will lead us and guide us into all truth, regardless of how you feel. Believe me, I'm learning that. For the spirit which you have received, have now received, is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more into the bondage of fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. The spirit himself thus testifies together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. We did share his suffering by faith, but today we share it in our flesh when we put our flesh down and say no. No. If I'm going to identify with Christ, I have to put this thing down. I have to put it down. Because it's weak. It wants to just lay down. No, we're getting up. We're going to go. We're going to do. Believe me, today is the day I did not be preaching this. <laughs> but God is good. And in his mercy, he gives us strength. He gives us strength. Hallelujah. So one of the, the benefits of the identity with Christ, he gives us authority. Hallelujah. And these signs shall accompany those who believe in my name. They shall drive out demons. They shall speak a new language. They shall pick up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Acts 3, 1 through 8. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, <clears throat> excuse me, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, John, with Peter, said, Look at us. So they gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Are you expecting to receive something from God today? How about tomorrow? How about tomorrow? How about the next day when you're at work? How about the next day when you're mowing the lawn? How about the next day when you're watering, going shopping? Are you expecting to receive something from God? I, re I remember uh, Gloria Copeland at a time when they were not doing so well financially. And I remember how she was walking in the store and she had X number of dollars. And she just, she had to feed her family. She just started praying in the spirit. And she just started putting stuff in her cart. 
She'd go by and she'd grab stuff. And when she got to the checkout stand, she had to the penny. And her family was full. And her, I should say her cart was full. Led by the Spirit of God to go shopping for groceries. God is interested in you. Every part of you. <laughs> you got to expect to receive. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but I do have. What do you have? What do you have? I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. So identification has some other issues we need to look at. Let's go to Acts 19, 13 through 17. Because this is why identification We're green. All right. Okay. This is one of the reasons why identification is so important. We can't just identify with somebody else. We have to identify with Christ. So Acts 19, 13 through 17. It says, Then some of the traveling Jewish exorcists, men who adjure, I love that word, adjure, evil spirits, also undertook to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I solemnly implore and charge you by the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. The seven sons of a certain Jewish chief priest named Sceva were doing this. But one evil spirit retorted, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. Now, the Amplified says, I know about, but the King James says, Paul I know. But who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit dwelt leapt upon them, mastering two of them, and was so violent against them that they all dashed out of the house in fear, stripped naked and wounded. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I adjure you in the name of Jesus. I don't know him, but the Bible says I can use that name. No, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? See, he had his identity. Paul and those had their identity in Christ. So when the Spirit would have seen them, they would have seen Christ in them. This thing we don't understand. The Holy Spirit is visible to the enemy because he's all over us. Um, I was talking to Chuck the other day. It was one of the things I found kind of interesting. Did you know that light takes up no volume? It takes up no volume at all. So when the scripture says that you are fully filled and flooded with light, it takes up no volume. But you're filled and you're flooded fully. That's your identity. The spirit of the Antichrist sees that. 
So here's the real deal. Acts 13, 6 through 12. And when they had gone through the isle to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew named Bar-Jesus, which was the deputy of that country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. And then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtlety and mischief. Who's he talking to? Talking to that serpent. <laughs> this, this is what Adam was supposed to have done. <laughs> you child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. See, he wasn't sugarcoating it. You will not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord. Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished by the doct- at the doctrine of the Lord. Signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. These will follow them who believe. Signs and wonders. I'm chasing them out now. <laughs> signs and wonders, signs and wonders, signs and wonders. Follow them that believe. The Spirit of God in you is the signs and wonders. It's not you. But you have the body and the vehicle to get those signs and wonders to other people. You have the hands to lay on the sick. You have the finances to bless people. You have the words coming on your, out of your mouth to encourage people. You have it all in your physical body because the Spirit of God indwells you. But this thing has to be put under. It has to. We have to fully identify with Christ. Acts 16, 16 through 18. As we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. And she brought her owners much gain by her fortune-telling. And she kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They announced the way of salvation. You understand the devil will use the truth to lie to people or to get people to fall away. I don't want to get too close to those. That gal keeps following them around. I, no, she's too loud. I, no, there's something going on. I really don't. And he was speaking the word, the truth, because they were there. That's what they were there for. And she kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly. And she did this for many days. And then Paul, being sorely annoyed and worn out, turned and said to the spirit within her, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very moment. Because the name of Jesus. We are the children of the living God. You are identified with Christ You are his identity here on earth. You are his hands and feet and voice. We must acknowledge and submit to that. 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How do you do that? I'm learning. <laughs> but how do we do that? To die to self daily. Well, maybe I don't do what I want at that moment. Maybe I take that time to sit and just pray. Maybe I take that time to, there's a scripture that's been bothering me. Father, I need, I need to know more because this scripture's bothering me. I'm not, I'm not doing what it says I should do. How do I do that? Okay, I sit down with the Father. I open the scriptures. I listen to the Holy Ghost. How do I put this flesh under daily? Well, I think I just want to sit down and veg and watch you know, like about five hours of uh, some crime drama. Don't judge me. <laughs> but no, maybe this time I sit down and maybe I spend five hours just worshiping, praising, seeking. You know, it's not hard. The thing that makes it hard is what this wants to do. This wants to eat food that it shouldn't eat. This wants to get enjoy. This wants to get pleasured. This wants to watch TV. This wants to be entertained. And the devil wants to give you all that, so that as you learn, you start identifying with what's going on out here. You know, part of the problem with sitting down watching twenty-four hour news networks is you start to identify with the problems. You know, this big thing about, uh, you know, back when nine eleven hit, we identify as Americans. Flags were up everywhere. You know, rah, rah, we, then we got into a war. How many thousands of kids have died because of that? I'm not saying we shouldn't defend ourselves. The scriptures are full of kingdoms that God went for them and made sure the enemy paid a price. But see, instead of identifying as Americans, we need, maybe we needed to identify as sons and children of God. You know, the church is filled after 9-11. You know, after COVID, over half the churches are closed and won't open again. Over half the churches they say that have closed during COVID right now will not open again. Right now, the statistics are that this is the lowest church attendance in the United States in its history. We've dropped into the 40% range. Because people are not identifying with Christ, they're identifying with COVID. I'm scared. I'm scared of COVID. I'm scared of the flu. I'm scared. I don't want to be around people that might transmit that. I don't want to be around people of faith. Because somebody might have it. And maybe this maybe the Spirit of God isn't strong enough in me to withstand it. It's happened, folks. Where do we identify ourselves? This is the thing that the Spirit of God was impressing me. Where do I identify myself? I have to identify myself in him. Because if I'm going to be any good to anybody on this planet, anybody in this church, I have to identify with the king. Because the king what does Ecclesiastes say where the word of the king is? There's power. The king lives in me. 
There's power in me. There's power in you. Power calls to power deep. That's deep calls to deep. Deep calls to deep. Power calls to power. Life calls to life. You folks are here because you want to be deeper and deeper and deeper, and that's good. But look at all the empty seats. Why? I'm going to be here Sunday morning. I'll get a feel-good message. I'll go home. We need to establish relationships closer. People sitting next to you that you don't know, people that sit next to me that I don't know, we need to engage. We need to identify with them. We need to have them identify with us as Christians in the love of Christ. We need to help each other grow. We need to sharpen each other. If we don't, we get dull. We get dull of hearing. We get dull of doing. And we cannot afford that. The time is coming, and it's here soon, where we're going to have to take a stand. And if you can't take a stand now, when the pressure comes, we're going to fold like a deck of cards. And we can't do that. We cannot do that. I guess it's fall like a deck of cards. House cards. Get my metaphors right. But we have to, we have to engage one another. We need to engage one another. We cannot anymore let people walk out of here that we don't know, that we don't take the time to get to know them. This church is one of the friendliest churches I've ever been in. Our ushers and greeters are unbeatable in meeting people and greeting people and loving people. But what about the rest of us? We need to take that time. We need to take that time. We need to identify brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to get them to understand who they are in Christ. We do. And help us understand who we are in Christ as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, Father, I praise you and I give you glory. I thank you that you made a way when there was no way. Father God, through your son Jesus. Father God, I am so thankful that by faith we went through with Jesus to hell and were raised up with him and were seated at your right hand in glory. Father, we are your children. Your spirit indwells us. Your love is in us. Father, by, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every person here, myself included, Father God, that we have a boldness that let the true identity of who we are out there, the true identity of who we are in Christ, that the power of the Holy Ghost moves through us and that we encourage one another in the faith. Father, I thank you that you loved us so much, <laughs> so much that you sent your son. Hallelujah. And we received him with thanksgiving. Father, I give you praise and honor and glory this morning. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.